John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. Yeah, how's your summer going? Well, I think, first of all, we have to, you know, congratulations to you, having a child. Not you personally, your missus. Uh, yeah, yeah, that happened. That's probably the biggest news. <laughs> Me drinking on holiday doesn't really compare to you uh, having a having a child, does it really? So congratulations. Yeah, well, that's what the listeners want to hear about, though. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yes, the uh, life has changed for the, uh, the better once again. Round two. I can't believe you say it's for the better. I think... Most new parents say, <laughs> "What have we done?" Well, I'm glad. Well, you're always you're always an optimistic well, person, anyway, aren't you? So I suppose <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm really just saying that for the fear that for some point in the future that my uh, my second son will listen to this and realise that it was uh, probably a mistake. <laughs> yeah, true. So, well, you 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 have the experience of having two kids already yeah. so your eldest is what five uh, now? she was six last week six last week happy birthday and the younger two. one is just two, two or two, something yeah. so come on you do you have any uh, advice for well, it's too it's too late now our, isn't it i mean he's been born <laughs> <laughs> my advice to you is yeah. anal <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah well i wouldn't say that <laughs> Not a family show. <laughs> yeah, that went from uh, babies to anal really quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it shows you're obviously. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while, then, has it? <laughs> you got something on your mind. No comment. <laughs> but I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, my uh, my two year old is a lot more uh the second child seems to enjoy danger a lot more like the other day i was my wife was upstairs hair drying my six-year-old's hair after they'd had a bath and the two-year-old was in the room with them and then i went downstairs to get like a cup of water to give the two-year-old before she went to bed and as i sort of in the kitchen i could just hear what are you doing daddy so then i go i said i'll just get you some water then i walked and she was at the top of the stairs and she'd pushed her entire body through the banister and she was just holding on and uh, leaning <laughs> leaning over the edge, uh, le- leaning over the sort of three-foot drop, uh, three-metre drop, which freaked me out no end. Yeah, yeah. I can't see her lasting very long. <laughs> <laughs> what an awful thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know. I feel like it's probably your responsibility to ensure she does. Well, no, I mean, I left her in a room with my wife and somehow it turned out to be my fault. <laughs> yes, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the new baby here has only been around for a week, so very early days. But I'm starting to have the flashbacks of all the kind of, you know, potential struggles you have with your spouse over uh, how things should be done with the baby or shouldn't be done. And just literally before we were recording, my wife was breastfeeding the baby, and. Uh, 
and uh, she said, oh, I want to give want to give him a bath, but we have to wait after feeding. We have to wait 30 minutes before he can have a bath. Uh. <laughs> and I said, he's not going swimming. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not going to have a cramp and drown. <laughs> <laughs> In a one inch of water. <laughs> I know. While, you, while you're thoroughly holding his uh, bum and head. So... Yeah, sometimes you have to... Well, this would be my advice to any people who haven't had kids yet or, you know, who are planning to or about to, is that whichever position you're in, you just have to pick your battles carefully, don't you? You don't... Yeah. <laughs> because you're both going to have different ideas about the best way to do it. <laughs> and they won't... They definitely won't be the same. No, no. Did you and your wife have any uh, discrepancies well, in expectation? No, I think uh, we... Strangely, we were both on the same page when it came to most of the sort of parenting stuff. Like, you know, after a very short time, we both agreed that the baby needed to sleep in a different bedroom, which is very un-Japanese. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, but basically, as soon as, well. yeah, as soon as the baby was home, she was in another room, which, uh, yeah, it worked better for me. Although I did, I was my wife was talking about this the other day because my other friends had a, a baby. I was saying, oh, you know, how is it and stuff? And I said, yeah, my first child, Emma, I thought she was a really good baby. And my wife was like, no, she was awful. You just didn't wake up. So uh, <laughs> the advantages of having the baby in another room, I guess. <laughs> well, one of the, I mean, the, if the baby's in the other room, it means that you don't have an audience for when your uh, advances for sex are turned down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I don't, well, we used to have like a monitor, like with a camera on it rather than um, just an audio. And so that, oh, yeah. used, to, that used to freak me out sometimes. <laughs> just, uh, it's like having your own private little peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah. And I bet in the middle of the night you, you'd look into it and it's screaming snot-nosed baby. It's like something out of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's, um, obviously it's night vision. So it's that yeah. kind of night night vision camera. And, no, it was worse when it, there was no sound, but you just kind of wake up because you just have this feeling, and you just be she'd be staring into the camera, just glowing eyes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, but happy days anyway. Happy days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, for you, it's like it's uh, now. Layla's what two? Yeah, she's. I like this age because they're quite cute, and she's. But she still goes to sleep. But you've got about another twelve months of just awfulness, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, the way I remember it, I mean, I, mean, I might be sort of uh, rose-tinted glasses a little bit with this, but I, I actually thought that the the first three months are pretty easy because they can't yeah. move themselves anywhere. So the first few months, okay, they do wake up a lot and they whinge a lot, but they're not mobile, so you know where they are. For me, it's th that's the panicking. I mean, this sounds <laughs> yeah. this sounds this sounds awful, but you know, for me, it's the the first few months because they're so small and rubbish. There's like just the actual terror that they've just stopped breathing or any of that sort of stuff. It's awful, and they're so good at pretending to be dead. <laughs> oh, <just> amazing! <laughs> I mean, my daughter went with that monitor. There would be times when she'd do this sort of choke and you just <laughs> fly into the room and by the time I got into the room she'd just be peacefully asleep again like they, it's awful, just sounds like they're choking on something and you're like your nerves are shot yeah, that is the problem that is the problem <laughs> but anyway, what's on today's show? <laughs> uh, well yeah, we have a show full like a baby's bottle today uh, we have some uh, action from Culture Corner a live report from the Shoesbury Flowers show 
Uh, we have some musical comedy, live musical comedy from uh, regular Ruben VM and a whole lot more. Uh, but of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. Time for the news. John, what's been going on this time? Uh, so this is from the uh, the Daily Mirror in the UK. And the headline is, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you just try and guess what the missing word is. Okay. So the headline is, woman's unhinged in-laws sneak something into every meal despite her severe allergy. What do we think <laughs> the missing food type is? So... so Sorry, say it, say it again. Uh, okay, so it's woman's unhinged in-laws sneak oh, yeah. what into every meal despite her severe allergy. I'm going to go something really strange like cat hair. <laughs> right. <Look. laughs> I mean, to be fair, that would be unhinged. Sneaking cat hair into every meal have, despite a severe allergy. Have I gone a little bit over the top? Yeah, I mean, that's just fucking mental. Well, the, I think it was the inclusion of the word unhinged. It's a food. It's, it's a, a food. food, okay. Well, I think... Uh, okay, yeah. Let me try again, let me try again. <laughs> and it's not It's not what I'll give you. It's not one that you would normally associate... Well, I would not normally associate with people having food allergies of, so it's not like... Your, it's your not nuts. peanuts. It's not, it's not that... Ob- okay, no. so... I mean, some people are allergic to eggs, so I'm going to say eggs. No. So it's uh, it's people on social media have been left horrified by the actions of a couple who refuse to take their daughter-in-law's allergy seriously. Um, so it says, uh, from for some of us, there's certain foods we try to avoid simply we don't like them. Uh, others, because it could lead to a literal death sentence. Um, one woman recently opened up about her own allergy in an incredibly heartfelt letter to an advice columnist. The writer, known only as disrespected daughter-in-law, described how her in-laws repeatedly dismiss her allergy. The woman outlines the severity of allergy, stating that once she began convulsing in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, <laughs> and emphasised that her husband had explained this numerous times to her parents. Oh, to his parents, sorry. But despite this, her in-laws now add mushrooms to almost every dish they make for her. <laughs> I see why you've picked right. this uh, article. For a, for a man who has an imaginary allergy to mushrooms himself. <laughs> oh, no, mine's uh, psychosomatic because I, I once went um, to Thailand and had an omelette which contained magic mushrooms, which made me vomit quite a lot um, and trip my balls I off. Didn't, I didn't know that psychosomatic was... Uh, a simile for not real. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what I say with why I, I don't really can't really drink tequila. My body just thinks I'm being <laughs> not poisoned, again, not so again. it just makes me feel. <laughs> yeah, um, but it says they go so far as to sneakily add mushroom powder to the mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, so they're doing they're doing it properly. Do it, it, I mean, this is, sounds like they're trying to murder us. So that they is it to like they they completely don't believe that this she has this allergy, so they're trying to like catch her out yeah. by sneakily feeding her the mushrooms. Yeah, so it says, the woman says the situation's gotten so out of hand that she and her husband no longer attend family meals. However, her in-laws still find ways to try and dismiss her allergy. She explains that her father-in-law said, we're not changing what we eat for one person, while her husband's sister once called them up to yell that she was overreacting and that mushrooms are not a poison. <laughs> <laughs> they're they are definitely a famous, well-known poison. <laughs> 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 no. The solution for the woman's dilemma, according to the uh, agony aunt, what do you reckon? <laughs> I mean, the, so the agony aunt's advice, what was it? it, it 
I think yeah. the only advice is that it's either completely avoid the family, but that's impractical. So perhaps try yeah. to educate them, buy them a book on mushroom allergies or something like that. Get a specialist around to see them. I don't know. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. So it was get a doctor to write a letter explaining how wildly passive aggressive the in-laws must be to continue serving the allergen to it's her. insane. Um, she said they are, they are truly uh, terrible human beings who are literally trying to kill their son's <laughs> wife. Maybe the whole, just, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe they just hate her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously people on Twitter got in saying, um, it's madness, I tell you. A third person said, you st- still can't get over this woman's in-laws. They must be pure evil. Why would she want to be a, in a family like that? Somebody said, uh, what it's really about is the abusers and how they make victims blame themselves for the abuse. Gaslighting. Like The, the, the dad said yeah. earlier in the article, we're not changing the what we eat for one person. But I mean, yeah. how many of your meals have mushrooms in? Like, I've eaten, like if I yeah, can count back my last six meals, I probably haven't had mushrooms. And I like mushrooms. I'm not trying to avoid them. I don't have yeah. an allergy. But... You could not put you know, mushrooms. I've in never stuff. heard of anybody mush, mushroom powder into mashed potatoes. What sort of <laughs> yeah. sickos are they? It sounds like to me they are changing the way they're eating for one person. Like they're adding mushroom <laughs> <Yeah>. to everything. <laughs> yeah. have, have you ever sneakily added anything to anyone's food? Or uh, well, no. I mean, apart from the odd, you know, vegan curry, <laughs> which happens to be <laughs> containing beef extract. Um, how about you um not really i mean obviously having kids quite often you're trying to hide stuff in in food and uh i remember when uh my oldest was the was younger you know he was trying to put medicine in yogurt and you'd put even it's a tiny tiny bit of medicine in it mix it up often they have like powdery medicine here and he'd know he had this yeah. little like sick sense <laughs> like you come towards him it's like when you're taking a cat to the vet he just knew like behind yeah. the sofa my daughter emma she used to absolutely love yogurts and then my wife did exactly the same thing and uh, now emma will not touch a yogurt she will not have it <laughs> she hates it um but that's one where we'll t- talk to the bean about something that we might have disagreed on as parents i think that I disagreed on when she went to do it because the yogurt was sort of white and ah. this medicine powder is like fluorescent orange. So, <laughs> I mean, it was slightly like, conspicuous. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, it tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And never before has mum come at me with a spoonful of yogurt going, mmm, delicious. <laughs> like alarm <laughs> yeah. bells ringing. Well, I've told them that story. It's something we've kind of discussed because Layla, the youngest one, likes yogurt and she always tries to give Emma yogurt. And we'll say, no, you can't. And so Emma now likes telling people the story of why she doesn't like yogurt. It's because mum tried to poison her with medicine. Sounds like she's got that, like, you know, that Munchenhausen by proxy. <laughs> Especially because, uh, you know, we're not living together sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, where's mummy? She's away. What, you mean in prison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a mental <laughs> asylum. <laughs> so, well, back to that story. I think you know. Also, one of the uh, the people I feel sorry for is like the the husband whose family are doing this because you know when you've got like these kind of tricky situations between your in laws and your spouse, it doesn't give you much room to manoeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I was thinking that that the father in law, you know, saying we're not going to change our meal plan for one person. He sounds like a really (laughs) fun guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was J&S-N-G News. It's international, yeah. 
Time for some musical comedy. Today's comedy comes from Ruben VM, a long-time collaborator of this show. Uh, when he gave, when he sent in this song and uh, uh, told me he'd like it on the show, I said to him, is there anything you want me to, to tell the audience when I introduce a song? And he said, yeah, it'd be great if you could mention <laughs> that the song was, rec- was recorded on the Boss RC505 loop station, which records and loops audio <laughs> samples. He then said, uh, actually, hmm, maybe that might be too technical. Don't, don't need to include the brand. But <laughs> I, thought, I thought, well, he's gone to that much effort to type it, so why not mention it? Um, it was recorded live at Good Heavens Comedy Club uh, this August, uh, August the seventh uh, this year, twenty nineteen. Um, John, have you seen Ruben doing the loop using the loop station before? Yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to say no? <laughs> well, that would have been helpful, but I mean, then you could describe it to the audience. <laughs> uh, well, it's just how does a loop station work? Don't. You just keep adding bits of music, which is continuously looped. So it's like building a layer, like layers of music on top of each other live. It's very impressive. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So you record a little bit and then then when you press, so you record a bit and then when you press the button, that bit all loops back out, right? Yeah. Well, it just repeats, doesn't it? And then he builds on top of it and you keep adding layers. Yeah, good. I think pretty clear that I'm not 100% sure how that works. But, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's amazing. And it was recorded and looped live on stage uh, at Good Heavens Comedy Club. Anyway, uh, let's just get to it. Uh, this is Ruben VM and his song on the loop station, Working. How many people here tonight have a job? <laughs> really? Uh, honestly, that's more than I was expecting. <laughs> Uh, this this song is uh, for everyone who has a job. Almost every single day except for Saturdays and Sundays and public holidays I've been working Oh so hard I'm working working work 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 working It's modern day slavery But I found a way to make myself feel like I'm free I I drink a lot of coffee and tea and every hour I go to the toilet to take a pee but actually I'm just jerking Oh so hard I'm Jerking, jerking, jer, 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 jerking. It's modern friend. Jerking, jerking, jerking. I'm a functioning member of society. I'm working, working. It's a functioning member of my anatomy. I'm jerking, jerking, jer, 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 jerking, 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 jerking. Then you die. Then we can all relate. Thanks 
to Ruben for that. Some fantastic loop station work there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to mention it was on the Bosch. <laughs> it was on the Bosch. What was it? 10X7544221. I think. Yeah. You can pick them up from all good music stores. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ruben must be sponsored by Bosch. <laughs> yeah, Ruben sponsored by Bosch. Um, if you'd like to find out more about what he's up to, you can find him on Twitter or uh, on the YouTube channel, Akomodiaki. Uh, but now, a word from this episode's sponsor. Hey, what's up, Tokyo's finest tattoo artist, Miss Funky is here. At my studio here in Kichijoji, I specialize in tattoo for foreigners who know what they want. With Tokyo hosting the 2020 Olympics, the government knows lots of tattoo foreigners will be coming here, so the rules regarding tattoos will have to be relaxed. So if you live in Tokyo, this is the perfect time to get yourself a full sleeve or have your bed completely covered with a dragon, like a real member of the Yakuza. Miss Funky, I never refuse to ink, no matter how crazy it seems to a Japanese. Welcome one and all to Culture Corner. It's the corner. You can learn a lot about different cultures, but not corners. Learn while having fun in Culture Corner. It's the corner. Words, phrases, metaphors. You'll soon know the score. Find out what they mean with a culture corner team. Last episode or two episodes back, we had a live report from Tanabata Festival in Japan from, well, me. Uh, this time we have another live report, but it's from a British festival. It's the Shrewsbury or Showsbury. God knows how you say it the Shrewsbury Flower Festival. Uh, it was recorded live this year at the festival by our very own John McBride. I'm looking forward to learning a lot about the culture of the flower show. <laughs> there isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, live at the Shrewsbury Flower Festival uh, 2019. The weather's been grey, windy and just generally rubbish. I'm now watching a group called Scouting for Girls. Never heard of them. Dad rock. Lots of posh, rich people drinking pims. Um, wouldn't be sad if a terrorist attack happened here. I don't think humanity would lose anything in particular. Um, just a lot of rich people. Some nice flowers. Uh, but apart from that, just a lot of posh uh, just, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing with humanity and just the standard of music. Uh, very, very average fat guy who looks like he's probably handsome when he's 16. Old guy on the drums singing cheesy songs that I'd probably try and sing these in karaoke, not very well. But then again, they're probably not even on karaoke because nobody's ever heard of them. Scouting for girls. Yeah, what a waste of my fucking time. 
So we're here at uh, the Shrewsbury <laughs> Flower Show and they're doing a Bon Jovi cover. Mr Bean, have you had a good day? Certainly have. It's very nice. How much was the picture of the fossil that you bought for your wife? 350 quid. Do you think she's going to like it? No, she'll hate it. <laughs> So, what do you think of the festival? Good. Anything exciting happened so far? No. <laughs> How would you describe the weather? I saw no rainy, so that's good. Yeah. Warm? It's not warm now. Oh. Um, how, how would you describe the festival? Is it good? Yeah. Have you had a good day? Yeah. Have you had some ice cream? Yeah. How many? Two. I know. Has Daddy had some beer? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come again? Yeah. What do you think of the music? Is the music shit? Yeah, say shit. Good girl. <laughs> All right, and so on report from the Shrewsbury uh, Flower Show with my daughter Emma. Emma, what have you thought of today? It's good. We're going to do some fireworks maybe in two hours. Yeah, there's a big firework display at the end of the night. What's been your favourite thing of the day so far? Um, just being with Mum and Zachra. Being with your friends, nice. And what do you think of the music? Do you think it's good or do you think it's a little bit rubbish? I don't know. That's not a very good interview. I want some more exciting. Say something, say something funny. Oh, yeah, so you're telling a story about when me and Mummy forgot to get Layla? Right, okay, that might be edited out. Say bye. Bye bye. Why are you doing that? For the John and Sammy in Japan. So, just heading to the toilets now. Massively crowded. Um, some women have decided to try and queue in the men's toilet section because they hope they can get into a cubicle uh, negating their own massive lines personally I think that is absolutely out of order and if a man was to queue up in a woman's line just to go and have a dump there would be uproar double standards classic double standards Traditional British anthem being played now by the brass band, by a group, uh, start that again John, now the music's fucking finished, what a waste of time that was. Star Wars fireworks, fucking fair play. Now that's what I call a firework display. and listen to a lot of posh singing the national anthem to a reptilian overlord yeah what do we say Mr. Bean shut yeah the queen and yes that is all from the Shrewsbury Flower Show the queen
Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Brits talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's something else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Alright, and now it's time for this episode's burning question Which was, what's the most expensive thing that you've bought that you've never used? So your biggest waste of money uh, Has anybody been in touch, Sam? Uh, yeah, we've had uh, uh, quite it was a hot topic, this one. Uh, Jorvan J, at Jorvan J on Twitter, uh, he replied with quite the list. He says, stationary bike, a multi-draw cabinet, which is too big and heavy, can't move it, sitting pretty in the basement since day one and totally unused. Blind buy perfumes, clones, <laughs> shoes, 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 K-pop merchandise, the list goes on. <laughs> It's not. It's like a not a smiley face, like a distressed smiely face. <laughs> um, How about you? Well, we had uh, Dean got on touch in Facebook. He said, "My missus bought the opportunity for five grand to ask me if I'd ever eaten sushi at an international dating party, and I've been paying her back ever since." <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. Seemed like a good deal at the start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, at Max Kevin Comedy on Twitter, uh, he very s- short and sweet answer. He simply said, "University degree." Ah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Re- I replied to him on Twitter and I said, "Yeah, that's a bit of a tricky one because the degree is essentially useless." But I did have a lot of fun, so that was probably worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at one more gaijin on Twitter, he put, um, I bought a weighted vest in high school because I wanted to train how Goku did in Dragon Ball. It cost uh, $100 and I used it maybe twice. Yeah. A weighted training vest sounds like a a, a late night internet purchase to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about you? Uh, probably anything that I've ever bought for my wife as a present. <laughs> but- <laughs> yes. I bought her a watch. Didn't really like that. Engagement ring. Yeah, didn't really like that. <laughs> <laughs> like the ring, but didn't like what it symbolised. <laughs> yeah. For myself, I don't really buy anything. Just well, I suppose the biggest waste of money would be um, just the copious amounts of money I've spent on alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, that's like the university thing. It is a waste of money. It's bad for your health, but boy, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think one of one of my biggest wastes of money is the. Uh, endless plastic crap that i buy my son at festivals in japan oh well i as i as we've heard i went to the shrewsbury flower show and um, at the end there was a, a thai lady selling sort of that sort of stuff that lights up and all so my two daughters decided they wanted one and mr bean had given them some money for their birthday and so i bought two magic wands that glow up and they flashed all different colors and it lasted about three minutes before my two-year-old decided what would happen if I just ripped it in half. Um, so, so <laughs> you did she say just, she was the crazy one. Yeah, so it cost me five quid for hers and she just broke it within three minutes and then proceeded to cry and scream and fight because she wanted her sister's one, which wasn't broken. Uh, so, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so not my biggest waste of money, but uh, it was close. <laughs> Certainly up there. Thinking about what... Um, what uh, Kevin said on Twitter, um, the university, university. For me, university wasn't a waste of money, but probably this is my biggest waste of money ever. Was the textbooks I bought at university? Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I paid sixty quid. So that's twenty odd years ago. I paid sixty quid for an absolutely huge 
biochemistry book and I honestly don't think I ever used it. Yeah, I had the same with one of my psychology ones. Massive, like you say, 60s pounds or something like that. I definitely read the first chapter because I was keen for a week. <laughs> well, my uh, my university lecturer this time, she conned me into buying this book for it was only 25 quid um and she said oh you know next year we're going to make it the we're going to make sure it's like the the recommended textbook for all teacher trainee teachers of science and i've got it and i realized that uh, it's basically a mates have written it and it's pretty shit <laughs> <laughs> but uh one thing i well i don't know if yeah i suppose it is a waste of money because we're rubbish but i um with my wife being away and me living in England, I decided that I was going to treat myself to a Huddersfield Town season ticket. Oh, yeah. So so I bought the season ticket, but then I, a few days after, I had a sort of a panic and thought, what a waste of money that is. And so I called up and cancelled it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, I cancelled it. And because I wanted to make sure I got the money back, I had to come up with like, some excuse. I'd phoned the woman in the Huddersfield Town shop and I said to her, oh, um, you know, my boss has just told me that he's sending me away for work, so I'm not going to be able to use it. Is there any chance that I can get a refund? And she's like, yeah, yeah, of course. So they refunded it. Then probably about four days after that, I went out and I woke up in the morning and just thought to myself, no, you deserve it. <laughs> so <laughs> I called them back and uh, unfortunately the season tickets had stopped being sold. But oh, then no. I said to her, oh... I said to her, oh, you know, my, you know, I told you my boss has sent me away. Well, he's changed his mind now, so I'm not going anywhere. Any chance I can have it back? Web of um, lies. So she's, yeah, so she said, she went off to talk to her boss and eventually said, yeah, you can you can have it, um, but it's going to be in a different different seat. So it's not fair enough. And so I've got it, and it is in probably the worst seat in the stadium, <laughs> in the aisle, in the corner. And, uh, yeah. In the corner where went you to, belong. Yeah, went to use it last Friday to watch Huddersfield in the uh, championship. It was raining. They lost 1-0. and uh, Oh, 2-1. And then the manager's been fired. So, yeah, probably my biggest waste of money. <laughs> well, we should uh, get back to that next May and find out if it really was your biggest waste of money. Okay, that's all for today. I told you it was a packed show. It just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who's been involved. Ruben VM for providing uh, that musical comedy. Uh, as uh, John mentioned before, you can see his, uh, you can see all his work on YouTube at Okomodiaki, or you can go to our website, John and Sam in Japan. Uh, also, uh, thanks to our roving reporter, John McBride, in the, uh, the uh, Shrewsbury Flower Show, and to everyone else who's contributed to today's episode. All right, and I suppose next uh, episode's burning question in uh, honour of Sam having a child is, uh, what do you think is the worst thing about having kids? <laughs> so even if you don't have children, you, even if you don't have children yourselves, uh, what do you imagine is the worst thing about... Having a, having a small child. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy uh, on Twitter. Had keep that, it light. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter had that massive list. I feel like this one could also be... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's all. All right, catch, catch you, you later. later. It is time to go, that's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. 
sent a tape of your comedy Not a tape, just an mp3 Send us some comedy or a song that is funny Send us your favourite bit But we don't want your dick pics It is time to go That's the end of the show Tell your friends and your family Or even the people you're married You should join in Answer the burning questions Send a new story Preferably something we can find about We're on the social media sites, Facebook and Twitter, day and night. It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com. And if you do this, then maybe, just maybe, Sam will put his clothes back on. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast.